Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This program is brought to you weekly by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. Stay tuned for today's message. Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. This is Elder David Wise here with you this morning, and, and we're thankful to be able to share time on this radio program with Elder Joe Nettles and our joint partnership with Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi, and Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi. We would invite you to come and worship with us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m., and then also come out and see us in Starkville, Mississippi, on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. at 200 West Garrett Road at the New Covenant Church facility. Go to our website, gospel-of-grace.com. You'll be able to find past messages and links to our iTunes podcast. And also go to macedonia-pbc.org for messages and other writings, articles, books, and content. Be sure and contact us through our website. Email us if you want to write us a letter. We'd certainly love to get that as well. And if you have any questions that we could help you with, we'd certainly love to do our best to correspond with you. So we'd love to hear from you. Please email us if you feel so inclined. Today on the program, we would like to continue our consideration of the will of God, and we hope this series will be edifying and instructive for you. We invite you to stay tuned for the message right after this song.
Good morning again, and we're thankful that you've stayed with us here on the Gospel of Grace on this Lord's Day. We've been trying to consider, during my time on the program, the will of God and the ways in which we can discern God's will from the Scriptures. Remember where we started, that ultimately the will of God and God's purpose in His will and God's purpose in our creation and God's purpose in our lives is His glory. So never lose sight of that. The will of God is not about you. Let's make sure we let that sink in. <laughs> the will of God is not about you. It's not about your comfort. It's not about your constant happiness and ease of life. The purpose of the will of God is his glory. And sometimes his glory causes suffering for us. But that's okay because our desire is that Christ would be exalted and Christ would be glorified. So we've tried to consider with you the purpose of God's will, which is his glory, and three aspects, three types of God's will and last time, we focused on God's sovereign will, that God, before the foundation of the world, chose a people to salvation, and he enacted a last will and testament, and at the death of the testator, at the death of Jesus Christ, was when that covenant was enacted, okay? And when God sovereignly chooses to act, there is no entity, no person, no devil, no anything in this world that has the ability to hinder his ability to act sovereignly in his creation according to his will. But there is no man or anything that has the ability to hinder the execution of God's eternal last will and testament that procures the eternal salvation of all of his children. So when we talk about God's commanded will today and even God's providential will, do not undermine, do not diminish the sovereignty of God. But the way that God has chosen to interact with his creation is that God does not make us robots in his sovereignty, executes obedience perfectly for all of us on a consistent 100% basis. So God has not chosen that all events, when we see things in scripture that God has worked all things according to the counsel of his own will. Well, yeah, God has enacted the eternal counsel of God in saving his people, but we have to put those verses in the right context. Every action in this world is not perfectly exhibiting the will of God. God is not robotically controlling people to do his will. No, God made man in his image. And he chooses to interact with us as a father and a child, requesting, commanding, and guiding us in voluntary obedience to his will. Okay? So, God's sovereign will cannot be quenched. When God desires to do something, no one can hinder him. But God has commanded us to be obedient. There are so many scriptures in the Word of God that say, If then, if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, then you will be devoured by the sword. God's given us so much in his word that if you're obedient, I'm going to bless you. If you're disobedient, I'm going to lovingly chastise you to bring you back into closer fellowship with the Father. So just because God has commanded something and it is not perfectly executed in this world does not in any way undermine the sovereignty of God. God, as a sovereign, has the right to actively intervene, to passively intervene, to suffer things to happen, to overrule. However he sees fit to interact with his children, according to his wisdom, he has the right to do so. And I believe that if you are a parent, or if you're not a parent, I know you've been a child, you hopefully can see that there are times that the parent is sovereign 
in the relationship with the child. They have total authority in the raising of that child, but there are times where the parent does not always intervene to prevent a child from doing things that are in disobedience. No, sometimes the loving parent suffers them to commit an action of disobedience. Even though they disapprove of that, they suffer that to occur because that child needs to learn a lesson in the middle of that. And the father in his wisdom suffers that to occur. And God does the same thing with us in his creation. He's our father. We are his children. And many times he suffers us to make poor decisions. Why? So that we would understand our own frailty, our own insufficiencies, and we understand that Christ is our all in all, that Christ is our sufficiency. So many times the Father, the Lord, suffers us to make those decisions and to bear the consequences of those decisions if we know his will, we know his word, we know his commanded will, and we choose to live in disobedience. He allows us to reap what we have sown. He allows us to live out the consequences of those actions. He doesn't always actively intervene and prevent it. Why? Because he's trying to promote our long-term growth as a child of God. So I think we hopefully can understand that just because God does not actively intervene in every circumstance of life to prevent us to whatever degree he chooses to intervene himself, just because God does not do that, does not undermine his sovereign will at all, and it does not undermine his sovereignty. So the second type, the second aspect of God's will that we find in the Word of God, we'll consider as God's commanded will, God's proscribed will, or his preceptive will in the sense that God gives precepts and he expects us to obey those precepts, thus his preceptive will, his prescribed will, he's prescribed it for us, just like a prescription. <laughs> you know, God's given us the prescription and he's given us the medicine, but sometimes people don't take their medicine right, right? Sometimes people don't take their prescription right. Well, God's given us the prescription. Sometimes we're not as diligent as we ought to be in handling the prescription that we have been given. So God's commanded will, his prescribed will, his, his preceptive will, and what that simply means is, is that God, as the sovereign creator, has chosen to make man in his image with a will. We have a will. We have a will. And that's part of why the Lord suffers us to make bad decisions sometimes, is his desire. And that's something we need to really keep in mind as we make our way through the will of God. God's desire is to conform us more to his will. Now, big picture, what's God's ultimate desire for us? What were we predestinated unto? What were God's people predestinated unto? We were predestinated to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, right? And we know that's not going to happen perfectly here in time, and we will be perfectly conformed to the image of Jesus Christ at glorification. But while we reside here, his will is that every day we would be more and more and more conformed to Christ's image. We would be more and more conformed to Christ's will, right? So, again, the sovereignty of the Father choosing to allow the Son to make decisions and learn lessons. If you think that you, are, that you are totally sufficient in and of yourself, God the Father will many times allow you and suffer you to go through difficult circumstances, sufferings, your own personal thorns in the flesh, possibly, that the Apostle Paul struggled with in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Well, he suffered that thorn in the flesh. Why did God suffer that thorn in the flesh that caused Paul so much agony? Paul asked him to take it away, but why did he suffer that? 
so that Paul would be more conformed to the image of Jesus Christ in his discipleship, right? Now, is it in your best interest for you to go around thinking you're bulletproof and you're sufficient in and of yourself to handle anything that life comes your way? That's that's what every kid thinks between ages 13 and 20, right? That's what every kid thinks. You think that you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof and there's nothing that can get you down. Well, the father knows that is not a good attitude for you to have. That's not a good attitude for you to have. So what does the Lord do many times in his will? He allows you, he suffers you to go through circumstances that teach you lessons that now after you go through that, hopefully you have more perspective like Paul did. The Lord and the Spirit gave him clarity when he did not take away that thorn in the flesh. And he said, no, now I can thank God for my infirmities. And I understand that in my weakness is when Christ's strength can be manifested in me. When I'm weak, then am I strong right? Those were lessons that Paul had to learn, and he learned that through suffering in the will of God. And God suffered that to remain according to his will to teach him a lesson, okay? So let's not lose sight of the overall vision of God is to conform you more and more and more to his will and to the image of his son. But if your will is to think that you're totally self-sufficient, well, God will suffer things to happen to conform you more to his will to show you how frail and how weak you are. And that is ultimately for your growth and benefit, right? Even though it may be very uncomfortable in the moment as the father is teaching the son those lessons, okay? So what is God's commanded will? What is God's commanded will? Well, it's all throughout the word of God, right? And we want to highlight some of those for you today. Now, as we go through God's commanded will, God's commanded will gives the framework for how we make decisions in discerning God's providential will. Okay, And what I mean by that is, for example, there are some things we're going to talk about today that explicitly say this is the will of God. Okay, But understand, the entire word of God is God's will. Okay, So what is God's will? It is articulated for us in all of the 66 books of the divinely inspired and preserved word of God. Okay, So what's God's will? What's God's will? It's the word of God. It's the principles and the standards and the commandments that we have all throughout the Word of God. So let me give the simplest example for you. We'll highlight this further in later messages. But let me just give you the simplest example. What is God's will for your life in regards to marriage? Well, God's will is for you to marry a believer. God's will is for you to marry a believer because he explicitly says, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever, right? So what's God's will? God's will is for you to marry a believer. There are some things that are directly contradictory to God's commanded will. Now, have there been Christians that have chosen to marry unbelievers? Absolutely. They chose to make a decision that's contrary to God's commanded will. So is God's commanded will always perfectly executed in this world? No, no, it is not. Now, don't get concerned. That does not undermine God's sovereignty at all. This is how God has chosen to deal with his creation. He gives us a commandment, and he guides us in voluntary obedience, okay? So, God gives us a command, but that command in the Word of God gives us a framework to discern God's providential will. And we'll articulate this more for you, but there are some things, when we think about God's commanded will, that are right or wrong, sin and obedience, disobedience and righteousness, okay? So when we're talking about God's commanded will, it is 
against God's commanded will for you to marry an unbeliever. And if you do that, you are in direct contradiction to the Word of God. And many people have chosen to do that. And they have unfortunately dealt with many consequences for actively choosing to disobey God's commanded will. Okay? But now, within obedience to God's commanded will, I have to discern who do I marry? Okay, well, they're a believer. Well, there's a lot of believers here in this world, aren't they? (laughs) How do I discern God's will? Okay, so how do I discern God's will for who to marry that is a believer? And that's the challenge that we hopefully can have a better understanding of as we go through this. But I want you to understand, God's commanded will sets the parameters through which we discern God's providential will. So what I mean by that is marrying an unbeliever is in direct disobedience. But marrying a believer is in obedience, but there's a tremendous amount of discernment because there's a whole bunch of believers, right? But as we go through God's commanded will that's given all throughout the Word of God, there are some things that God says, this is absolutely out of bounds, this is absolutely disobedience. And once God sets the fence, okay, we need to think about that as God's commanded will sets the fence of obedience. But then within that fence, now we got to discern what's God's providential will for me, right? Now, it is in direct disobedience for me to go outside that fence. It's in direct disobedience for me to marry an unbeliever. But the real challenge is who do I know who to marry, okay? And we'll deal with that, Lord willing, in future messages. But what I want you to understand, though, is that God's commanded will sets the fence. It sets the parameters for what we can possibly consider in God's providential will. Think about, obviously, it's wrong to kill people, right? So, obviously, it's not God's will for you to be an assassin, right? It's not God's will for you to go around killing people. But within the realm of not killing people, there's a whole lot of career choices you can make, right? So, God's commanded will sets the fence for our decisions, but it takes great discernment and wisdom to discern God's providential will for our life. Okay, God's commanded will. Let's look at some verses that describe specifically what is God's will for our life. And again, these set parameters through which we make decisions on what God's providential will is. First of all, we want to read Romans chapter 12 because we always need to keep in mind that God's will, as it says here in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, God's will is always good, acceptable, and perfect. Okay? Don't ever doubt that. That needs to be an undergirding truth that we keep in mind as we consider all of this. God's will is always perfect. Now, our obedience to God's will is not always perfect, but God's will is always perfect, okay? Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, talks about you working out your own salvation. But God's going to enable you and strengthen you to be able to do that. Verse 13, for it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God gave you commandments, but he's working in you through his spirit to guide you in obedience, Now, the challenge is that we can quench the Spirit. The Bible makes that clear in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Quench not the Spirit. So the Spirit is guiding you to obedience to His will. But sometimes we can quench the Spirit. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 21. God will make you perfect in every good work to do His will. Again, God's guiding you to do His will. Our danger is that we just don't quench the Spirit. Now, we need to pray according to God's will, right? Matthew chapter 6, we're given the model prayer. After this manner, therefore pray you, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We submit to God's will. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. 
And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever ye ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Even Christ submitted to God's will. We know in the Garden of Gethsemane, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And he's perfectly one with God the Father, but he's showing us the pattern of submission to God's will, that God's will is perfect and God's will is better than your will. <laughs> Please remember that as we go through this. And I know I've seen that exhibited in my life. There are many times where the Lord has guided me in a path that I did not expect, and his will is always better than your will. We'll come back to this verse many times throughout the course of this, but one of my favorite verses is Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 9. A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So your will can get crossed up with God's will sometimes. But even in spite of that, God's still guiding you. He's still guiding you, even when we're trying to mess things up. Okay, what's God's will for our life? First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. This is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. What's God's will? For you to not commit fornication and for you to live a sanctified, holy, and godly life. Now, is God's will always perfectly carried out in this world? <laughs> so we're going to look at all these verses that describe God's will for you, and we know that God's commanded will is not perfectly executed in this world. Are there believers committing fornication? Absolutely. And you need to repent of that because that's not God's will, and the Spirit will convict you to guide you to repent of that sin. It's not God's will for you to commit fornication, but many children of God live in disobedience servants, being obedient to masters. And we don't have that type structure as much today, but in today's context, workers being submissive to your supervisors and your managers. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in singleness of heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. It's not God's will for you to be disrespectful to your manager at work. It's God's will for you to be obedient to them. And there are certain, obviously, limitations to that. And God gave us human resources for a reason if there are problems. Okay, if there are problems, go to go to HR, go to human resources. But God's will is for you to submit to authority, to submit to authority in the workplace and to submit to governmental authority. First Peter chapter two, verse 13, submit therefore to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be king supreme or governors as unto them that are sent by the Lord for the punishment of evildoers, for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God. It's God's will for you to submit to government authority. So all these anarchists that are always wanting to overthrow government, and there may be a time for that. But listen, the general disposition of the child of God is to submit to authority, to submit to authority in the workplace, and to submit to God's ordained authority in government. It's God's will for you to give thanks in everything. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and verse 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Do we always give thanks perfectly? Well, I know I quench the Spirit. I know I quench the will of God in not giving thanks all the time. Hopefully the Lord will bless us to do better. First Peter chapter 4, verse 19. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God. Just because you're suffering does not mean necessarily you're living in disobedience. You could be suffering because of the persecution of others. You could be suffering based on the general disposition of this world. And if you are suffering according to disobedience, the Holy Spirit will always let you know about it. 
but we may suffer in this world according to the will of God. And then it says in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 17, it is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. So a submission to the will of God James chapter 4, verses 14 and 15. We don't know what our life, it's a vapor and appear for a little time, vanish away. Therefore, you ought to say, if the Lord will, we will do this or that. That should be a regular part of our prayers is submission to God's will. And that's part of conforming you to Christ's image, conforming you to God's will, breaking down your own will so you submit and you're more conformed to Christ's will. So in all these examples that it has been explicitly said, this is the will of God, it's evident that children of God commit fornication. Children of God rebel against government authority. Children of God rebel against authority in all places, especially in the workplace. Children of God don't give thanks in everything. The things that are explicitly stated as being the will of God, we know it's not perfectly carried out in God's commanded will. However, the Spirit of God will always be guiding God's children to live in obedience to God's will. Now, those are the things that it explicitly states as God's will. But I want to tell you, the whole Word of God tells us what God's will is, okay? So just because it doesn't explicitly say the will of God is, He is telling you that in every scripture of the Word of God, okay? So, next time we will begin to consider God's providential will, that third aspect, that third type of his will. But I want you to understand that God's commanded will is the fence in which we operate in God's providential will. It is disobedient for you to commit fornication. You are outside of God's fence. You are outside of God's will. But within the fence, it takes great discernment to make the right decisions. So God's commanded will sets the fence, and we hope we don't live outside the fence. Some children of God choose to live outside the fence, right? They choose to live outside of God's commands. They choose to live, they choose to live outside of God's will. But we are, Lord willing, inside the fence, right? We are obedient to the commandments of God. But within obedience, there is great discernment that is necessary to find the guiding of God's pathway for our individual lives. So next time, Lord willing, we will consider God's providential will and the ways in which we discern that. And within that fence, within that framework, how we discern and have wisdom to find God's best pathway for his will in our life. Please return for those messages. We certainly hope the Lord will bless our consideration of those in the weeks to come. May God bless you on this Lord's day with his guidance, his peace, and submission to his will. If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist church in your area. Visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com to search for a Primitive Baptist church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find additional contact information. This program is also available on iTunes under podcasts with the title, The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Baptist radio broadcast. If you enjoy our program, send us an email at gospelofgracepb 
at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caldonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. Come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 1030 and tune in next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray that God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonder.